Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here and I'm blessed and grateful. My gosh, I'm yelling, I'm yelling into the microphone, I'm screwing up the audio, but I'm absolutely blessed and grateful to be joined by Dave Asprey today. Dave is an absolute phenomenal world-class individual and I'm super pumped about this conversation today. Super excited. If you don't know about Dave, I'm super excited to introduce you to him and all that he's about because let me tell you, he's multifaceted, he's multidimensional and he's absolutely innovative in the way that he thinks and the way that he approaches his life and really what we're going to be talking about today is peak performance and really elevating human potential, which is really what he's all about, human performance. Because you know what? If you want to elevate to a life without limits, you've got to show up. You've got to be striving for excellence and you've got to continue to elevate your game. You've got to step into the next version of yourself. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So I'm super excited about that. And I want to ask you the question that I always ask you is, are you ready to take it to another level? Because this is the day. I mean, I have no doubt about it today. We're absolutely going to take it to another level. And I want to welcome you back to the show where we sit down for mind expanding conversations with influential authorities in real estate, as well as top experts in other industries and disciplines. It is our mission to identify and apply how the best of the best raise the bar personally and professionally to achieve greatness in real estate and beyond. And of course, today we're going to distill the mindset, the habits, routines, systems, tools, the strategies, and so much more from an individual like Dave Asprey, who is truly, and there is absolutely no doubt about this, is elevating to a life without limits so that you can do the same yourself or even more. And you can also provide this to others in your life. And this is a masterclass for leaders and those looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through personal growth, through real estate investing, other ventures, and most importantly, and ultimately in their lives. This is going to be an amazing episode. I'm just, if you can't tell, I'm super excited. And if you appreciate what my team and I are doing uh, here on Elevate, you know, certainly, you know, we'd be super grateful if you subscribe to the show, if you gave us a rating, a five-star rating if you're so inclined. And leave a review specifically of what are you taking away from the show and, you know, what can you do to help us reach more people? Because at the end of the day, you know, our goal really is to meet, reach millions of people with this message that you don't have to live a life that you tolerate. You can actually live a life of unlimited joy, unlimited abundance, you know, through growing, through progressing as a human being and through, you know, reaching, you know, and elevating your own human performance. And what can you do to provide that to other people? you know, and give that, give that gift, that beauty of growth and also contribution. And, you know, that's really where, you know, the secret to, you know, to really happiness, to joy, to satisfaction and to fulfillment is really through all of that. And, you know, obviously, you know how we feel about real estate, you know how we feel about building vehicles for practicality in your life. And so that's what we're all about here on Elevate. And so if you appreciate what we're doing, certainly subscribe to the show, wherever you watch podcasts, listen to podcasts, you can do that. We're everywhere. And of course, feel free to, you know, check out elevatepod.com, of course, because we've got a brand new website there. It's an amazing website. We've got a ton of resources there. So go take a look at that. And uh, with all that said, I want to introduce you to Mr. Dave Asprey. 
Dave Asprey is the founder and chairman of Bulletproof. If you've heard of Bulletproof, it is absolutely an amazing company. I'm a consumer myself, so super blessed and grateful to have Dave here. He is a three-time New York Times bestselling science author. He's the host of the Webby Award-winning podcast, Bulletproof Radio, and has been featured on the Today Show, CNN, New York Times, Dr. Oz, and more. Over the last two decades, Dave, the founder of you know, really actually the father of biohacking has worked with world-renowned doctors, researchers, scientists, and global mavericks to uncover the latest, most innovative methods, techniques, and products for enhancing mental and physical performance. Dave has personally spent nearly $2 million taking control of his own biology, pushing the bounds of human possibility in all in the name of science and evolution. The creator of Bulletproof Diet and the innovator of Bulletproof Coffee, collagen, protein, supplements, and many other advances in commercial wellness products, Dave's mission is to empower the entire globe with information and knowledge that unlocks the superhuman in everyone at any age, which is so exciting. It's amazing. The proof of all these advancements are better sleep, energy, and expanded capacity for all. Be a better partner, parent, provider, and overall human being and being, you know, in, in every aspect of your life. Be proof, be bulletproof is really what he says, which is absolutely amazing. This is what we're all about on Elevate. So I hope you guys are getting as, as excited as I am for this episode. Through the Bulletproof Diet, Dave has maintained a 100-pound weight loss. He has improved his sleep and upgraded his brain, ultimately transforming himself into a better entrepreneur, a better husband, a better father. Dave has helped hundreds of thousands of people perform at levels far beyond what they'd expect and without burning out or getting sick. In addition to hosting the Bulletproof Radio, a Webby award-winning podcast, as I mentioned earlier, Dave is currently serving as a founder, CEO, and chairman of Six Health, Wellness, and Biohacking Companies. Please head to DaveAsprey.com for information about the world of Dave Asprey, which is absolutely expansive. And so with all that said, enjoy this conversation and wide ranging discussion with the man, the myth, the legend, Dave Asprey. Dave, my friend, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? I am great. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what we were talking about uh, before the show, technical difficulties. It is what it is. You know, there's always something going on, but what can we do to be mindful and, you know, watch our breath and be present? And obviously yeah. we're practicing that today. What would you say? Uh, I would say, you know, practicing being present is important. And if you have any degree of voice training, you have to practice your breath. In fact, you probably won't like your life if you don't. <laughs> I love that. Tell us a little bit more about, you know, who is Dave Asprey, the man behind the bio? You know, obviously you're, you're an impressive individual and I love, you know, talking about elevating human performance, which really seems to be what you're all about. But tell us a little bit more about, you know, who is Dave Asprey as a man? You know, I don't <laughs> I don't even think about that. You're still figuring I, that out. Uh, I'll be I'll be super meditative. Who am I? And I can like <laughs> play Eckhart Tolle or some kind of thing. And you just meditate for 20 years in a cave on who am I? And I'm pretty sure you'll figure something out. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Fair so I, I don't think I can give you an adequate answer to that question. Well, and I mean, I I'm think one it's with everything. Right. <laughs> I, you know, I think it's interesting because you know, we're all still, you know, we're, we're discovering who that is every single day, right? You're, you're curious. You're somebody who strives for excellence in everything you do, which I appreciate. Um, you know, t tell me a little bit about that. I mean, 
tell me about your background and how did you reach a point to where you really cared about elevating human performance to be superhuman and all of these different things? I mean, wh- where did that come from? <laughs> well, try getting arthritis in your knees when you're 14 and being obese as a kid and getting stretch marks. And then before you're 30, making $6 million and well then losing it. And, uh, being diagnosed with being at high risk of stroke and heart attack and having cognitive dysfunction and just realizing having this kind of biological shit show going on is not okay. And you go to the doctors and they just, Oh, nothing's wrong with you. Like, <laughs> uh, I have a mirror and I can <laughs> tell, and you know, no matter how much I exercise, I can't lose any weight. And if I can max out every machine at the gym and emphasize 46 inch waist, you don't think something's wrong. And they just think I'm lying. Like, and a lot of doctors were trained that way back then to say, hey, uh, if a patient has more than one or two symptoms, it means it's all in their head. And so I, I was just sort of betrayed there. I said, all right, I'm going to learn how the body works because I'm a computer hacker. I helped to you know, teach engineers how to build the internet, worked at the company that held Google's first servers when it was two guys in a server. And so I think I can just treat the body like a black box where we don't have to know everything about it. And we just have to know enough about how to make change happen. And the body is a complex system. And that's what I studied in my undergrad. That's what I did in my career. And I realized those techniques were so far from medicine. They were closer to some of the Eastern disciplines, but even then they didn't have data. So what happens if you take data from the West and practices from the East and you validate them or unvalidate them uh, or new practices that didn't exist because you couldn't do it without technology, what would happen? And what would happen is, you know, I'm around 10 points, 2% body fat right now. I exercise less than most people, but very effectively. I'm a believer in being in shape, having adequate muscle mass and strength and all that. Um, But I just like to do it in less time than the average person. And I realized, okay, I'm learning from people who are three times my age, who are an anti-aging group, a nonprofit. I ended up becoming chairman of that for almost 20 years. And I watched guys who were in their 80s who had the energy of someone in their 20s. I'm like, wait, it's possible they're just outliers. And then I went to Tibet. I studied meditation with the masters. And you realize, you know what? There really are people out there who have, they're unusual, but they have pretty great powers. So I think that we don't know much about our current hardware and software platform and that we can hack it and we can upgrade it and we can make it higher performance and more scalable and longer lived and all the things that are possible. And it turns out I was right. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital, a real estate investment firm formed by myself and my partner, Brian Flaherty, where we invest in multifamily real estate communities across the Southeast United States. If you'd like to learn more about our approach, our mission, our acquisition criteria, and how you can learn more about future opportunities, visit cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com. What would you tell your younger self? I mean, you're 14 years old. What would you tell your younger self about biohacking right now if you could? I mean, obviously you went through a journey to really get to the understanding of, of that you just described, but what would you tell your younger self? The definition of biohacking is something that I actually wrote for my younger self. In fact, every blog post that I put on DaveAsbury.com is written to say, if I had only known this when I was 20, it would have saved me so much money and pain and suffering. And Uh, What I really would do is just focus on the definition, which is the art and science of changing the environment around you and inside of you so that you have full control of your own biology. See, what I thought and what most people thought was, oh, if you wake up in the morning and you feel cranky, it's just because you feel cranky. There's no reason. And what you eat doesn't control it, certainly not to the fine degree that it does, right? And if something's happening, 
it's just happening. And it's not even really a victim mindset. It's a helplessness mindset, right? Where, I don't know, if, if you're sick, you go to the doctor. And it, the reality is more, you're managing it like you'd manage a flock of sheep. You know, if you've ever seen a sheep dog, like they'll run around, like pushing one back in, that one goes over there, you push it back in. So it's a constant massaging of the system that has squishy edges. And that's how you manage your health and how you manage your performance and how you manage your training and actually even how you manage a business. And it's that art of saying, there's always gonna be unknown, that's okay. Am I getting the outputs that I want from the inputs that I can control? And the environment's your biggest input. So what I would have told myself is, you have way more control than you think, would have been number one. And number two would have been, uh, hey dumbass, you should listen to people at least twice as old as you because they will save you a lot of pain. And for that second one, it's really funny. Um, way back in the dark ages of the pre-internet, at least the pre-web internet, I was the first person to sell anything over the internet. And it was a caffeine t-shirt it said caffeine, my drug of choice with a picture of the molecule. And it's still knocked off today, like 25 years later or something. And I was, uh, I was pretty happy about that. Cause I was able to pay for some of my tuition. Like it was, it was kind of a, a cheesy thing. And I look at though, that was the first e-commerce before e-commerce had a name. I also had a job writing articles for early tech press. And I wrote about this browser called Mosaic and one called Netscape. <laughs> Mark Andreessen created Netscape, which was one of the first web browsers that changed the world and Microsoft basically kicked their ass and somebody bought them. And well, what Mark Andreessen did, who was exactly one year older than me, is he, as you know, at his computer science school, dropped out of school and went to Silicon Valley, called up a billionaire who ran a giant tech company and said, what do I do? And what I did, uh, being a young asshole and full of my own ego, is I said, I don't need any help. I'll just do this myself. And well, okay. Andreessen's like a multi-billionaire and has had a really great career. I had a pretty darn good career in Silicon Valley until I, I left that industry and computer security and all about 10 years ago. I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm comfortable. But there's a big difference in outcomes. It's because he was willing to take advice before I was willing to take advice. So I would have told myself, shut up listen and ask for help. And those are things I did not do much when I was young. Well, I definitely want to talk about, you know, business strategy and your approach to business and in particular partnerships and decision making. But before we get there, I want to just touch on elevating human performance and, and really kind of your mission as far as that goes. And it, maybe you could talk a little bit about your, your mission, which is, you know, you, you'll, you'll say it better than I am. So I'll try to not uh, butcher that, but go, go for that. You know, I believe that it is entirely possible to tap into almost unlimited power that is within the human body. So the mission is pretty straightforward. It's to help people tap into the unlimited power of being human. And the reason I say being human is that I'm not talking about pro athletes. I'm not talking about entrepreneurs. I'm talking about whatever your pursuit as a human is. And if you're saying, look, I want to be a teacher. I want to be a parent. I want to be a good friend. I want to be a good caretaker of my community. Uh, or I just want to you know, be really good at binge watching Netflix. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you can do it better with less energy and less pain <laughs> with a little bit of performance tuning. So would you rather, you know, drive to pick up groceries uh, in, a, in a Bentley uh, or in a Honda? <laughs> They'll both get the job done. But if you could have either one and it was actually nicer to have the Bentley and you didn't have to pay for it, wouldn't you? And that's where I think we're going. We're learning what makes the body do what it does. And it's pretty cool. 
Yeah, I, I love that. I'm, I'm totally on board with you there. And, you know, a few, a few of the things that, you know, you really stand for is maximizing brain capacity, you know, training oh, yeah. your brain, brain and body optimization. So let's talk there. I mean, where, where would you like to start? But I think it's super important for folks that are wanting to create a fulfilling life to really think about this and really get strategic and tactful. So let's, let's talk a little bit about your philosophy there. All right. Every single thing you do, is just a function of electrons. So you've got your, your phone and it charges the USB cable. You don't have a charger. What you do is you take air and food, you combine them to make electrons and they power your willpower, your breath, your heartbeat, your hate, your love, everything you do. They also power your neurons. And 48% of people under age 40 and pretty much everyone over age 40 who's not on an anti-aging regimen like mine has early onset mitochondrial dysfunction. That means that you suck at turning air and food into energy. And that means you have less energy, which means your brain doesn't work as well. And I wrote a book about this called Headstrong. And it hit the New York Times monthly bestseller list. It was actually sandwiched between uh, Homo, Deuce, and Sapiens on that list. Great which, books. As an author, I was like, holy crap. Like, that, <laughs> was, that was one of my, the highlights of my author career. And it, it's a book that's worth reading for anyone who cares about this. Because I tell you, how to turn up the amount of electrons in the brain if you have many mechanisms. And given that I started with cognitive dysfunction, poor blood flow in my brain, actually brain damage from toxic mold in my house that was quantified with radioactive sugar. You know, I went in and I measured all this stuff. And if I can do it, I'm pretty sure that people who don't have my amazing health background can do it. <laughs> so it's hackable. And then, okay, your hardware's working and you have amazing capacity that you don't know of there. Imagine you've got like 40% more mitochondrial power than you thought. Like, oh, whoa, I woke up and I felt good and I could think. And I don't drop words. I was in my 20s, I dropped words all the time. What was I going to say? I don't know. Well, I don't have that anymore. So I, and I would say, it's not that I don't have it anymore. It might happen once a week. And if so, it's because I did something and I know what I did to cause it, mm. right? <laughs> and uh, it can be, you know, I drank a little too much sake the night before. Uh, and by the way, any sake or any other alcohol is too much. It's actually just not good for you. But sometimes I'll do it because I like it. And that's fine. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and from there, it comes down to training. So now your hardware is working. What, how's your software going? How's your operating system? And your software is your belief systems, the assumptions that you believe to be true. And your operating system is what I'm going to call your ego. This is a part of you that is it's probably burning. I'm going to say it's burning at least 50% of your energy doing nothing. And it's, it's so hackable. I started a company called 40 Years of Zen, which does incredible custom neurofeedback on a five-day period. We have hardware and software that exists nowhere else designed specifically for altered states of high performance in the brain and to, to teach you how to get there. So I spent four months of my life with the electrodes on my brain, training my brain to get rid of that garbage, which is why I can run a you know, Webby-nominated podcast and <laughs> New York Times books and several companies and dad and husband and all that stuff and not just like want to pull my eyeballs out. Um, it's because I've got rid of a lot of that. And let me tell you where this comes from, the, the software side. All life forms, whether you're a bacteria, a cactus, or a zebra, a human, it doesn't matter. You follow an algorithm. And this is one you could program into AI. By the way, if you're an AI researcher, do not program this in because this would create Skynet. So that's bad. But what you do is, number one, and you overweight this by 10 times, run away from, kill, or hide from scary things. Okay, that's pretty good because life will not continue if it gets eaten by other life. So there you go. 
And there's various ways of protecting yourself. You can freeze, you can hide, you can do whatever. Then the next thing you have to do is eat everything because famines kill things. They just don't kill you right now. They kill you tomorrow, right? And then, so if the first one's fear, second one is food, um, those are both F words. And then you have the third thing <laughs> that all life forms have to do. Do you know which one that one is, Tyler? I'm guessing right now. I think I got some, I got a guess here. Fertility, right? Yeah, exactly. There you go. That's not what you were thinking. <laughs> I was thinking fun, you know, but who knows? Oh, they, okay, that, that was a nice save. I, I'm going to give you yeah. credit there. Uh, <laughs> you got you. the first two letters right. So now if not dying right now is 10X, not starving is 5X, and if you don't reproduce the species, you'll be dead in generation. That gets three times more attention than it deserves. Mm. Okay. So now I just got to ask you, what have you ever done that you're ashamed of that wasn't one of those three things? Hmm. That's really interesting when you break it down like that. I think a lot of the listeners are probably reflecting right now, maybe pausing and saying, hey, let me ask that. Let me answer that question. That's, an, that's well, really interesting. The reason you're doing those things is that the operating systems, these things before the software that sits on top of the operating system, those processes are automated. They come from inside of your cells and they're a network effect throughout the entire body. And there's seven layers of your prefrontal cortex and they're all filtering stuff out that you can't see, but your body can see. And its priorities are set that way and your priorities are set your way. So the mm. better you come at mastering the unconscious networks in your body, brain interconnectivity, the more you remove trauma, trauma is just emotions that are tied to something that happened. And I guarantee you, the last time that you, you nursed on your mom and the next time you wanted a boob and you didn't get a boob, you were really, really pissed, right? It's a human experience. It doesn't matter. But if you were held on to that anger, I swear, I have sat down with 50-year-old people with hundreds of millions of dollars who still have a trauma about that. Mm -hmm. right? And it feeds the, I don't have enough. There's not enough, right? And it's not intentional. It's not bad parenting. It's just that these dumb little balls of meat that we are, are trying to figure out how to live without you in there. And they're building rules that they put in before you can think. And then you sit there in a board meeting or with a partner, whether it's a, a you know, at home partner or a business partner, and they say something and it reminds your system, not you, of something that happened 25 years ago that you don't even think about, you don't even know about anymore. And then it triggers a feeling, you believe the feeling to be reality, and then you tell the person to go F themselves for no good reason. That kind of stuff is burning huge amounts of things. So what I believe is that if you get your biology working right, you have enough energy to do personal development. And if you do your personal development right, especially with technology or with ancient practices, it doesn't really matter. If you do that, you can actually turn off those reactive systems. And what you get is freedom and tons of extra time and tons of extra energy and the ability to focus on stuff you care about. That's what I do. That's huge. And this is, this is so much fun, by the way. Um, and, and I just want to get down into that. You mean, talk about mastering the unconscious networks in your body. I mean, talk to us about some habits and some, some strategies for, for overcoming that. Because I know we're all, we're all unconscious beings to a certain degree until we reach that, that level of consciousness. So let's talk about that. You know, it really depends on your age, uh, your upbringing, and, and things like that. But there are some core techniques that work really, really well. And breath work is a very powerful one. I had not done any of this stuff until probably my, my early 30s. Um, still, that's relatively, in, in terms of the recent renaissance of breathing, um, it's pretty early. But I sat down in my first yoga class and I yeah, breathe in this nose and breathe in. And I'm like, I can't connect this. Why? It doesn't make any sense. Well, it turns out that <laughs> breathing has evolved in a similar way in almost every old society around the planet where they know if you breathe in five seconds, 
hold your breath for five seconds, breathe out for five seconds. You do this for a while, it actually changes things. And you breathe through your nose, not your mouth. Things like that work. So I would tell you, pick up a breathing practice. And there are many of them. You can try you know, the Wim Hof breathing, which is going to make you trip balls. And you, know, you can go get, take a cold shower. I've been promoting those for almost 10 years now. It's a good thing to be uncomfortable for brief periods of time. But breathing is interesting because most of the time, until you've had some training of your nervous system, if you just breathe out all the way out uh, and just hold your breath empty, <laughs> most people get a panic sensation pretty darn quickly but look, it's your body lying. You're not going to run out of oxygen if you don't bring air in for the next 30 seconds or even one minute, right? Why is it harder to hold your lungs empty than full? You have plenty of oxygen. You can measure it in your blood. Well, some system in you is lying because it's afraid you're going to die. Hmm. You want to become friends with the systems that tell you you're going to die because they're all lying, right? Another thing, and you're saying, Dave, this sounds like BS. Everyone listening has leaned on a hot stove sometime, right? You lean on a hot stove, and then you accidentally do this, I'm assuming. And then you pull your hand away before you really get burned. You go, oh, thank goodness I pulled my hand away. Mm-hmm. Except you didn't pull your hand away. What happened is something in there decided it was too hot and moved your hand for you. And then you took credit for it. You lying bastard. <laughs> so, <laughs> but think about it, right? You didn't go, oh, I smell bacon. That's really hot. I guess I should move my hand. It was instant and automatic, right? So, what you want to do there is uh, definitely breathing exercises. And if you know the things that push your buttons, you can do things to train your nervous system. And one of them is heart rate variability training or HRV training. And I started doing this in my early thirties and it was really powerful. It turns out there's a change in the spacing of your heartbeats. It's not your heart rate, but it's just how much space there is between each beat and the space needs to be highly variable. If it's beating a certain way, you are in fight or flight response, that first F, for whatever reason, it doesn't matter. And if it beats a different way, you are in parasympathetic rest and recover mode. You're probably not going to know the difference between the feelings. Well, with a little clip on your ear or a thing on your finger, looking at a screen and breathing in and out, you realize within a week or so of doing this for 20 minutes a day, oh, you mean I can actually tell when I'm in fight or flight? Oh, and I can do this one thing. I can't tell you with words how to do it. It's what they've been trying to teach for many, many, many generations. But that one thing you do with your heart that that actually changes the spacing of the beat takes you out of fight or flight and puts you back into control mode where Hmm. you rest and reset. So 20 minutes a day, two weeks. Here's an example. I I had a client who ran a multi-billion dollar hedge fund uh, coaching client and he... He did what he got one of these things, wouldn't use it, use it on an airplane. And then he calls me and he says, Dave, I, I got to turn green. I felt really good. That was amazing. So now I'm just going to do it every day. And six weeks later, he's a master. He can turn himself off, off and on like that and really improved his life. But then he decides he's going to put it on his ear and sit down at the office and the market bell rings to open the bell, it goes red mm. and it stays red the entire day. And he's like, wait a minute. You mean I've been trading for 20 years out of fear and fight or flight? Well, so he taught himself to trade when he wasn't in that. He Mm. consciously turned off the fear mind. And his trades got better. But he's like, I get home at the end of the day, I have plenty of energy. I can play with my kids and stuff, and I'm not exhausted. So this is the kind of stuff that you can do. So I'm talking about breathing, heart rate variability training. And then if you know that you had a rough childhood, um, if you were bullied, so many entrepreneurs were bullied and they're entrepreneurs because they're still trying to prove how good they are to the people Mm. who are mean to them in seventh grade. 
Um, I would highly recommend um, come and do 40 years of Zen and like, we'll, we'll erase all of the emotion associated with that. Like we'll teach you how, or you can do something called EMDR. This is available in almost every city. It's a type of therapy. And literally you sit down with someone and they put your brain in a reset mode that involves moving your eyes back and forth, unrelated to hypnotism. And magically these things that used to just like be such a big thing. Oh my God, what if I'm rejected? You're like, I actually don't care. <laughs> like you would prefer not to be, but the pain is gone. Mm. Right. So if little Susie was mean to you and broke up with you in ninth grade and it broke your heart, that is still in there. <laughs> the pain you feel stays with your body. It's trying to keep you from feeling more pain. Bodies are dumb, right? They're also very good sources of information and they contain wisdom and knowledge, but they react really stupidly. So it's your job to go in there and prune your bad programming. And that's the path to personal development. Yeah. And it's almost like the awareness, right? You start with the awareness of, you know, I love how you broke it down to, you know, hardware and software and really talking about biology. And then obviously software from a belief standpoint and being aware that really our, our, our unconscious belief system is really trying to keep us alive, you know, trying to reproduce and, you know, trying to eat or, you know, stay away from some, stay away from something that's going to eat us. If you really want to boil it down for something simple and then being aware of that and, you know, using mechanisms to, you know, really bring more consciousness to your awareness. I mean, is there anything else you'd say to that or any other hacks that you approach from a habitual standpoint that really support you in, in further growth here? Well, I mean, it's, it's tough to boil it down because I've just written you know, four sizable books on this, I know. <laughs> but um, I will tell you bulletproof coffee in the morning for breakfast in place of breakfast is a very real thing. It is, it's not going to change my life. If anyone listening to the show drinks or doesn't drink bulletproof coffee, um, it will change yours. People have lost a million pounds on the bulletproof diet. <laughs> We've done a couple hundred million cups of coffee and continue to grow. And it's not because I'm good at marketing, although I like to tell myself that I'm <laughs> all right there. It's because it works. So yeah. if you really want to have more electrons in your brain, the type of oil that goes in Bulletproof Coffee has more electrons than the normal carbs you eat for breakfast. And if you do it with coffee, which doubles ketone production in the morning, you blend it up with butter the way it says on my website, and you drink it, you'll actually have more energy in your brain to do what you want to do. And 15% of your thoughts on average are about food. The stupid voice that says, what's for lunch, what's for lunch, what's for lunch will shut up and you'll have all morning to get that time and energy back to do something. Mm. So there you go. That's like the easiest hack ever. And it took off first in Silicon Valley with entrepreneurs and developers, second on Wall Street with traders, third in Hollywood with uh, recording artists and fourth in professional sports because those are people who need their brains <laughs> to work the most. Yeah, <laughs> and absolutely. it's still going strong. So that you got to try it. It works. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of bulletproof bulletproof coffee myself, and I know many others uh, in my tribe are. And so, yeah, kudos to you for that, and kudos to everything you've done from a business perspective, and just being a dynamic and multifaceted entrepreneur. So, I want to talk about business a little bit. I want to talk about, you know, we talked about earlier. It's like, what would you tell your 14 year old or 20 year old self about biohacking? I'd be curious to know what would you tell your younger self about, you know, relationships in business or partnerships or joint ventures? Because obviously, you've done so many great things. I mean, is there anything you'd point to there? I would probably tell myself to stop being so codependent. <laughs> There's, and codependence is when you feel like you're responsible for someone else's feelings. So in a, in a partnership, and I'm, whether I'm saying this, I've run 
uh, business development and corporate development for publicly traded companies, uh, you know, doing hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. So I've gone out and done it at big scale. And of course, as a CEO of, of multiple companies like Bulletproof, um, it's, it's a core part of what you do. Um, I believe in doing deals where both sides get benefit, right? I also believe in holding people way more accountable than I did when I was 14. So if you have a partner who's not doing what they say they're going to do, you call it out right away and you'd be very willing to end the partnership. Right? Because what's the point of being in a partnership with a company for three years when they flake all the time and they increase stress on your team and their people are abusive or you know they miss deadlines all the time and don't tell you they're going to miss them? All the things that anyone who's done partnerships knows about, uh, it would just be, look, have higher standards and be more willing to walk away. Right? And I would actually say the same thing as uh, to myself, even before I talked about partnerships, about just hiring a team, right? Hire a team and if they're not performing, even if they're great people and you care about them and all that, look, you have a commitment to the team, not even just to me, but to our mission, right? And if you are not meeting it, whether it's because of one of those three F words is a problem <laughs> or whether it's uh, because you don't have the skills, you know, you oversold yourself or we over, you know, we, we convinced ourselves you could do it and you, you couldn't do it um, or you don't have the ability or we don't have the resources, we end it, right? And we do it with kindness and cleanly and it's actually an act of kindness for a person who's not performing. And it's an act of kindness for the people who stay on the team and are gonna get things done. And the mistakes I've made throughout my career have oftentimes been around, oh, well, we really need that person. It's like, no, if you're breaking the culture, you're out, right? And if you're not doing what you said you'd do, you know, if you're not delivering the numbers, then, well, it could be you're out or it could be there's a reason you're not delivering the numbers and then let's work together to fix it, yeah. right? And either of those is okay, but just to accept things because you don't want to hurt people's feelings. And in partnership, um, it's okay to hurt their feelings but make sure they win and make sure you win too. Are you someone who's seriously looking to elevate your life, your business, your real estate portfolio, your cash flow, your deal opportunities, your access to opportunities, your network this year? Well, if that's you, then I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com because I'm currently opening up a few coaching spots for people like you who want to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be and really you know, expand that beyond your wildest dreams and explode your business, explode your deal opportunities, explode your vision for what you're looking to create. If that's you, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. I really have to tell you that this is not for everyone. This is only for those who are decisive. They're committed. They're willing to do whatever it takes. They're willing to invest time, energy, and resources into themselves to get to where they want to be and to live a life without limits, to elevate to a life without limits, which is really what we're all about on this show. If that is you, again, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com. Yeah. And from my perspective, it seems like you're, you're an individual who obviously demands excellence in everything that you do, which I certainly appreciate. Tell me a little bit more about your leadership style. I mean, you talked about, obviously, if it's not working out, you need to be willing to walk away. You need to hold people accountable and you need to have a higher accountability with other partners or folks that you hire within your organization. So talk to me about how do you approach, you know, individuals who may not be holding up their end of the bargain, but perhaps there is a desire there. There is a desire to grow and be humble and be willing to be coachable. I mean, tell me a little bit about that. Well, if you have a $20,000 coaching budget, you want to put it on your superstar or on your problem child? Superstar every day. So then why am I having a conversation about helping <laughs> out the person who's not doing the work? Fair enough. You're that answering said, my question right there. Yeah. That said, here's what I do because yeah. I can get it at cost. I send almost all of my employees uh, through my 40 years Zen program, which is $15,000 and takes a week of their time. <laughs> 
but it sure does remove a lot of the annoying F words that are programmed wrong. Uh, and they're just, I don't get to pick which ones, you know, they, they get to work on whatever they want to work on. That can help a lot, mm. right? On keeping a culture clean. And if someone comes up and says, look, I need help with this. That is like to be celebrated, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is not an admission of weakness. And it's okay to be like, I don't know how to do that. I seriously need help. I, I'm, I'm struggling. All of that is great. Let's get the resources we need. So you're not going to have, you know, the uncomfortable conversation with me about that. But if you never have enough resources and you can't do anything that other people can do with the same resources, then we're going to have a conversation about it. And it's always about finding the reason. And if the reason is outside of the person, that's great. And better leaders over time, you develop pattern recognition to be able to say, wait a minute, I've heard that one before from this person. And now it's happening again in a different context. And you realize all humans, including me, we still have stories about reality that we believe. And if you have someone on your team at any level and they're believing a story, sometimes it's, in fact, the worst one is that it's not fair story. That's envy, Mm. right? And that doesn't work very well, right? Because you know what? I tell my kids this, you know what? Life isn't fair, (laughs) (laughs) right? It just isn't. It's never going to be fair, right? And your boss has the right to say, um, I'd like you to do that. And if you don't want to do it, it actually doesn't really matter because did you want the job or did you not want the job, right? And of course, you want to select jobs. You want to make people's life at work really, really comfortable. And I do a lot of things that are unnecessary um, in order to you know, support the team. But end of the day, the first time that you feel that voice in your head says, I need to fire that person, you're right. And yeah. no entrepreneur is ever going to do that until they've just been just completely effed over two or three times. And then you realize that voice in your head is right. Yep. And what you tell yourself is number one, firing someone who's failing is an act of kindness for them so they can stop failing and go somewhere where they can be comfortable. It's an act of kindness for your team. But um, most importantly, when you do that, it tells everyone else that you stand for excellence and that you won't allow people's, people to tell themselves stories that aren't true. And I've had companies uh, in my career, you know, that have come to the brink of failure because of people who say, I don't make mistakes. And like, I will tell you, if you meet someone who says they don't make mistakes or they don't drop balls, you probably should run. Yeah. Because all that means they can't see the mistakes they made. Because unless, you know, you're going to get to hire Jesus Christ, um, <laughs> you know, by the way, um, Jesus, if you're listening, um, I'd love to hire you. Right? <laughs> so absolutely. Like, how, how would that, how would that even be? So it's that self-awareness. If you cultivate self-awareness in your team, willingness to, to make mistakes, willingness to fail, and then talk about it and correct the behavior, you have a constantly evolving, growing team. And the people who won't see the mistakes, deny the mistakes, deflect the mistakes, blame on other people, and then hide, you just have to clean it out. And you're not going to fix those people. Yeah, that's huge. And I, I can relate 100% with that voice in my head that said, I need to let go of this individual. And I waited way too long. And that's happened to me multiple times. And you're right. It's like this process that you almost go through that you sort of recognize then it's like, all right, that was true. We need to go ahead and make this move. And when someone says, Hey, I don't make mistakes. It's like, wait a minute. You know, we all make mistakes. I'd rather have someone tell me, I don't know than to just give me some BS answer or to, you know, act like they have every answer in the world. And so that's, it's just not the case. So I, I love that. But Dave, what are you most excited about these days? I mean, what's really getting you invigorated today? I'm really excited about the fact that you can start a business for almost free and you can access more information than has ever been available to all of humankind for free, 
right? And we know more about the human body than we ever did. We know about, more about every science than we ever have. And it's so easy to get caught up in the news cycle of, you know, oh, it's a pandemic, a fire, a riot, a protest, uh, whatever. Like there's, there's so many different things that, that are important, um, but they're not important in a 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 year timeline where we know they will be worked out and we've been making progress on those things over time. So if you have a very long time frame, by the way, tell yourself you'll live to 180 like I am and your time frame automatically shifts. You can read Superhuman about that. Yep. But what has me excited is we are at an exponential rate of change for humanity and we weren't there 20 years ago. We were just starting to get on this. So we all look back and go, oh, what was it like? It is so awesome right now because you can go out and make something that in five years can change the world. And it wasn't like that. It used to take 20 years to do that. And now it takes five. And in five more years, it's going to take two years, right? And after that, it's a little bit blurry, but we are going to be in a really fun time for humanity. And that's assuming governments don't keep screwing stuff up, except they always do keep screwing stuff up. So double the amount of time I said it would take, it'll still happen. <laughs> well, then, then it's up to us as entrepreneurs to solve that issue as well. But I'm with you 100%. I think, uh, you know, it's super exciting. And I love just having these type of mind expanding conversations because as you mentioned, your goal or your intention is to live to 180. Some people listening may say, what, wait, what did he just say? Or other people might say, wait a minute, my belief is this. And so it will be. And what resources do we need to coalesce to make that happen? So I think it's super exciting. And it really goes back to really anything that you want in your life. If you declare it, you know, and you believe that you can conceive that and you can achieve that. So um, I love that. And Dave, this has been an absolutely outstanding conversation. I want to be super respectful of your time. And I want to transition into our rapid fire section. We call it the rare air questionnaire. It's all about being uncommon. It's about raising the bars, continuing to expand our limits and continuing to really think, you know, in an expansive capacity. And so I want to ask you a few, few things. Um, one thing, obviously being a prolific author, author yourself, I'd love to know, you know, if you had to point to two or three of the most impactful books that you've read over the past few years, what would those be and why? I would say the laws of human nature, uh, which is by Robert Green. I got to interview him uh, for my show and that is his opus, and he was already a master. Where one of his earlier books that also should be on on your list, uh, Forty Eight Laws of Power. Um, that is the book that allowed me to succeed in corporate America because now I could see what people in the boardroom were doing that didn't make any sense before that. So uh, Robert Greene, for sure, um, his his work is is very very fantastic. Um, Ray Dalio's uh, recent book uh, as well, whose name I don't remember, um, but just Bulls. look for the what. Principles? Principles, there you go. Yeah. Uh, if you check out that book, there's such good clarity of thinking in that book. I think a lot of companies have our time running quite as aggressively uh, as his does on some things. Um, and I've talked to some Bridgewater people who are like, it was a little bit toxic. Nonetheless, <laughs> there's very clear thinking in that book. And I think it is absolutely worthy um, of, of your time and attention. Um, and then a third one. It's really hard to just pick one out of, you know, out of nowhere. Cause I, I read from a lot of different, different subjects and you're looking for like business books or not necessarily. I think we try to be multi multi-dimensional here. So whatever strikes your fancy. Um, I would say pick up uh, a copy of Dan Simmons book, the Hyperion Chronicles. One of the best reads I've had in a very long time. Excellent. 
I love that. uh, Yeah, that's a it's a big thick book, and it's uh, futuristic science fiction kind of stuff. But it is actually very heavy Greek philosophy. Excellent. (laughs) It's uh, it is a a, really one of the best written and best stories I've ever seen. So if if, by the way, if you're not reading fiction for at least ten or twenty minutes a day or listening to it, it does the same thing in the brain you're missing out on certain things that your brain should do to perform better. So it's mm. kind of a requirement. You need to create images in your head and that's why TV won't do it. But audiobooks or reading uh, will activate parts of your brain that you need to be creative. I appreciate that call out because I am not there at this point. And uh, yeah. absolutely, I, I'll, I will implement that immediately. Because- 20 minutes on the treadmill is fine. Just, let, just pick up the latest fiction of whatever kind Love you that. like. It's, it's the act of making pictures and imagining that you're exercising when you read fiction and when you read a business book, you don't imagine. And that will change your business. I love that. And it will, I would imagine, change your life in so many different capacities, right? If you want to be multifaceted, you've got to take a multi-dimensional approach and you got to follow your curiosity and your joy and how much fun is just the process of learning from that capacity as well. So thank you for that. And tell me, what's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis outside of what we've already talked about from a biohacking standpoint, from an awareness standpoint? Is there anything else you'd point to? Uh, I would just say, pay attention to your sleep. Most entrepreneurs suck at sleep. I was really bad at it. I'm actually running a sleep challenge right now. Uh, we have uh, thousands of people. I'm teaching them like all of these things on how to sleep. Uh, and it's on uh, daveasprey.com sleep slaps slash sleep challenge. And whether you do that or you just decide you're going to pay attention to how you sleep, I have lots of stuff written on the blog about it. You can get two hours of deep sleep and two hours of REM in six hours of sleep, which is wow. more than most people get in eight hours. Mm-hmm. And I started Bulletproof while I was working full-time as a VP with stock options at a big <laughs> tech company, right? And I did it because I slept five hours or less per night for two years and uh, I had lots of free time to do it. And I had energy the whole time. I'm not saying it was that easy or that was even good for me, but you can. I'm saying is you can, you can actually, if you're healthier, you need less sleep and you have more energy and that can be a power to your entrepreneurship. Most entrepreneurs go to bed way too late or they wake up way too early and they just don't get good sleep. Get a ring, an aura ring that lets you monitor yes. your sleep. Monitor your sleep the same way you monitor your cash flow. You'll be good. Got the aura ring right here, my friend. I'm you with you 100%. Yeah, it, it is. It's it's illuminating to understand the different you know types of sleep that you need. I mean, the REM sleep, deep sleep, all these different things, and tracking that, and really, you know, changing your behavior to show up uh, so that you can reach the optimal amount of rest that your brain needs, your body needs, all these different things. So, thank you for that. And we'll absolutely put a link in the show notes to the sleep challenge there on DaveAsprey.com. And uh, my my you know, one of my last questions here is, you know, what's the biggest way that you elevate other people around you, Dave? Uh, well, one of the things I do is I curate and distill knowledge. So I have spent more than a million dollars on hacking my own biology, but I write about it. I interview people about it. Uh, now almost 800 people on Bulletproof Radio, Nobel Prize winners, you know, the elders, the great masters of our time, uh, and to be able to learn from them and then amplify that and share it with millions of people. Uh, it's actually, you look at what almost... 175 million downloads. I don't know how many human lifetimes it is, but it's a couple hundred, I believe, last time I did the math. So I've filled 200 human lifetimes with content that is either worthwhile or not worthwhile. And I believe I hit the worthwhile button, but if I didn't, I'm a mass murderer. So uh, I think I did it right. But 
uh, I would just say that that is one of the things that I do that, that elevates people is find the masters who've done a lifetime of work and summarize as best as possible and then bring those masters to people's awareness and it's working. That's awesome, man. And I just want to acknowledge you for all that you do. I mean, obviously you're bringing so much value to human beings all over this beautiful blue planet. So I just acknowledge you and I just appreciate everything that you do, who you are and how you're continuing to push the limits and push the envelope in so many different directions. So thank you for inspiring us today. Thank you for helping us expand our minds. Uh, But is there any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you share with Elevate Nation today? Uh, Just uh, focus on gratitude and I'll do that now. So thanks, Tyler. Absolutely. No, thank you so much. And Dave, tell the listeners how they can uh, learn more about what you do and, and engage with you further beyond Elevate. Just go to daveasprey.com. That's the blog where I write my latest stuff. I'm active on Instagram, uh, dave.asprey there. And if you haven't followed Bulletproof Radio, two episodes a week going back years with some of the most interesting learned people out there always around, what do they have for you to help you perform better at whatever you choose to do? So that's worth it, Bulletproof Radio. Excellent. Excellent. We'll put links in the show notes for all of that good stuff. Dave, thank you again. I really, really appreciate you. And Elevate Nation, I really want to encourage you to re-listen to the show because repetition is the mother of all skill. What can you do to share this with someone else and teach someone else what you learned today? Maybe you even distill this down to your top three key distinctions and take action because it is all about not only paying it forward and sharing this, but it is about taking massive action and getting that feedback and making those mistakes and saying, you know what? Let me get better next time. And so with all that said, Dave, I just want to thank you again for being on the show and Elevate Nation. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.